All right. So whenever you want to get ready, go ahead. I'm I'm ready to go, but I I don't know what the hell to say to start this thing. We're we're really not good at like starting this off, are we? No, no. We actually, I mean, maybe we do need to go back to like being at least a little bit scripted from the beginning because like, I know that it sounded, I, I think the first uh, couple episodes sounded maybe a little robotic, but at least there was like something there. It's not just us talking about talking and starting. This is like the Seinfeld of podcasts. It's really like the openings are about nothing and then we just like launch into something. What do we mean they're literally about? They're, the, the openings are about the openings. I'm Kevin Cray. I'm Steve DiMaselli. Welcome to another T-Pop, the pod, After Dark. Ooh. All right, so, continuing, there's so much talk on the street about this segment. Uh, people love it. Um, I, I'm getting stopped constantly at Giant Eagle. It's, it's almost, I almost have to, like, switch grocery stores, but it's another return of Steve's safe space. Uh, and this time, it's Steve's turn to uh, jump on the couch and talk about um, something let's get off his chest. So this is, uh, this is something that you don't think about at all when you live on the East Coast. And I know that we hear a lot about, you know, East Coast bias and things like that. And I know that, um, you know, because it's, it's miserable watching West Coast games, you know, when they're on at seven o'clock at night out here, and then you have to, uh, you know, tune in and at, at 10, you're going to bed at like one 30, um, you know, for, for the pirates, but the opposite, the opposite is absolutely also a problem. And that is, uh, games that start at seven o'clock on the East coast. I- I'm not even done with work. Like, um, <laughs> it's, it is kind of a crazy pain in the butt. Like, don't get me wrong. There's incredible advantages to, to the time zones, I love the fact that the world has already started, um, you know, and, and that that the day is in motion already by the time I even wake up. Um, and, you know, not because I'm sleeping until 10 anymore. I'm actually getting up, but, you know, times like a grown up would. But um, but and, and the NFL watching football is tremendous because the games start at 10 in the morning uh, and they're well over, you know, by, you know, eight o'clock, you know, the whole stretch, the primetime NFL games over early, but man, it is really, really rough getting yourself together for a a seven o'clock starting sports event, um, that you really, really, really want to watch because you're just, you're just driving home and sitting in traffic. That's just all there is to it. Yeah, that recipe does look good. No, I'm just uh, I'm just recording the pod with Steve. All right, I gotta I gotta turn off the mute. I think he's almost done. Yeah, yeah, I'll be up later. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. You got it. Steve, I hear you, and I am uh, thanks totally in support of what you just said. Appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm here for you, bud. So we actually have some off-season news today, don't we? Uh, yeah, believe it or not, live as we're recording. It's a good thing we delayed this a day. Yeah. So we've got some cuts. We have a, a big-time trade. Big-time oh. trade. Oh, yeah. Uh, G-Man. I mean, it, G-Man, Masters of the Universe. 
you know, it, it is kind of sad. This guy is just um, not that great. He's barely a, he's not not even really a run of a mill average first baseman, and yet yet he might be the best first baseman that they've had in years. Um, just because that that position has been such a black hole, uh, it, it's it's. I mean, he's not great, and I'm sure you know you, you can you can talk about how not great he is, but man, it's it, it's incredible to take such a big step forward into mediocrity. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that he's cromulent. You know, uh, we're looking at a guy who last year had a one fifteen weighted runs created above average, so 15% above the average offensive player. Um, but we're also looking at a guy who peaked in 2019 at the magical age of 28 and has been kind of backsliding since then. Um, and for me, the most alarming part is that his K rate is climbing precipitously uh, from that 2018 season where he was um, had a K rate, hang on one second, of 24.9%, which is perfectly acceptable. Uh, and then even in his peak season, uh, where, uh, the 2019 season of 22.2%, now all of a sudden he's up to 29.4% in just three years. So to me, that's indicating that there's a real problem with his bat speed, uh, that he's not being able to catch up to the heater anymore so we're looking at a declining asset and it's never a great idea when you're trading with the rays in general because they're you know probably going to fleece you um and then for the old heads out there his batting average of 233 uh is not anything to really get excited about but we are looking at a 1.3 uh war player which is probably one more better than what the Pirates got last year. So baby steps. Um, now you and I have been on here crying already about they got to spend money, they got to spend money. Now we're like, but not that way. You know, so uh, I guess it's like careful what you wish for because you might end up with G-Man Choi. So I, I'm still okay with him. He's a transitional piece. I'm not sure what the transition is to yet. <laughs> if there's a game plan of that, I believe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's heading into his final season of arbitration. That's correct. I believe that's the case. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, you want to hear something real sad though, that whopping uh, WRC plus of one fifteen would, would have put him, uh, it would have put him third among the, uh, the regulars on last year's pirates team. So this guy's an upgrade, but you know, it's still not really. Uh, it speaks to the level that we that we've um, gotten used to around here during the rebuild more so than it does a, a real quality sign of, of of improvement in the right direction. But he's behind, and 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 for those that are, are concerned, curious about who's ahead of him, it would be Brian Reynolds and 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 Daniel Vogelback. Um, Wait, you, you know, not franchise cornerstone Cabrian Hayes. No. No, no, no. He's um, he's way down there. Huh. So he's got the he's got the, the eighty eight. He's he's relying on his glove hmm. to uh to to get his war in. Um. So yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, I I think they did 
they're one of the few teams that could get themselves better. And, and I mean, like I, looking at the trade right now, they they really traded. I think they traded Jack Hartman for him. I mean, which is um, you know nothing, but nothing. of course it's the Tampa Bay Rays and Jack Hartman is going to be an elite closer. Now it's just the, it's just inevitable. Like he's going to be, he's going to be the best reliever in baseball in like five years. He'll have to unseat Clay Holmes for that title. Right. Right. Well, he won the, he won the first half of baseball according to most, uh, according to pirates Twitter, he was the, uh, the greatest player in in the first, he should have gotten the Cy Young, the, the April, May relief pitcher, of the year. So the, but anyway. the pirates were pretty active today, uh, making some little moves on the, on the wire. Uh, what, what struck you the most? You, you want to do a general rundown or. Just want to talk um, I mean, I think we mostly, what struck me is I think we, we really kind of got it right. I think we, um, we, we've nailed a lot of the guy in our, in our first episode, we nailed a lot of the, uh, the cuts that we ended up seeing happen today. Um, Eric Stout gone, uh, Blake Cedarland, you know, again, uh, giving him that chance to, uh, to, to clear waivers and just not be on the 40 man while he finishes his, uh, rehab. Uh, I think it's a great move. Peter Solomon gone. Um, you know, so, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's four, um, Zach uh, yeah, three of the, three of the five cuts, you know, we, we didn't cut, I mean, Godoy's already gone. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I didn't necessarily see Jason Delay coming, but again, they have an excess of of of, of pitchers out there. Um, Zach Collins, I could have, I, I think I had him on the list of people that I would have cut, and he just magically weaseled his way off. Um, but I, I mean, you know, there's there's just too many options, you know. So I think um, I suggested cutting the entire catcher for. Oh, the catcher core. Yeah, yeah, right. We just we just singled out Godoy because he was just the most noteworthy bad yeah. uh, of the group. Um, I mean, Bull Solcer wasn't in the uh, he wasn't in the running during that show because he wasn't even on the roster. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, you know, I, I, it seems like they're going to get to keep the guys that were borderline. Like, it's nice to see that Cedarland's going to stick around. You know, I didn't want to lose him. I didn't really want to lose Bo, Bo Solzer again either. You know, it's nice to have them in the system, but at the same time, I really didn't want them on the 40-man roster, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought we could maybe do a little fun off-season game that everyone likes to play is uh, rank your top 20 prospects. And this is something that you and I are very, very, very familiar with. Going back to our days uh, where we met electronically at only bucks. Um, We used to run the prospect polls over there and we had a really good time doing that. And uh, then we decided to meet to go to a baseball game. And my wife said, whatever you do, don't get in the car with him. He's a stranger. Uh, He might try to harvest your kidneys. And um, that was a really good piece of advice she gave me. Um, But you turned out to be not a, not a sociopath, so thanks. Yeah. And it's been uh, 12, no, can't be 12 years. Is it really 12 years? Oh, man. It? It's been pretty close to that, honestly. Wow. It's been a long, long time. Wow. I mean, I think we were, you know, I mean, yeah, that was, uh, It's it's been a while. It's been a very, very long time. Yeah. So. That is crazy. So Yeah, each, time flies. But we yeah. put our uh, own list together of 20, and then, Kind of aggregated them with a with a point total, 
So uh, I'm going to let you kind of start off with number 20. This was a guy that you had on your list, and, and I did not. Um, and that's uh, if you want to just speak on them and, mm-hmm. and go. Yeah, for yeah, it. yeah. No problem. No problem. Um, so my guy um, would be uh, Kyle Nichols, uh, the first guy that I have on. Um, it's supposedly, I mean, it's supposed to have a very live arm. I mean, obviously, again, with prospects, you know, you know, we don't get to see these guys play all that often on the West Coast, but um, live arm. He he didn't have the best results this past year, but. Um, at the same time, you know, I think he's, uh, um, I think he's a guy that, that has a high floor and, and, you know, I've always historically balanced out floor and ceiling with these guys. Um, I think this guy's floor is, is pretty decently high as, as, as a relief pitcher. I, I mean, I think he's going to be a major league player. Um, he still has a chance to end up in a rotation. Um, and he's got a big enough arm that I, I think he could be, you know, if, if things somehow click and he ends up being a late bloomer i could see him towards uh towards the middle of a rotation so he's got middle of the rotation upside but i think at this point he's a pretty safe bet to uh to to, to fall in a, a roster spot in the bullpen I, I would expect him to arrive you know next year so okay uh do you want to take tom Sarrington? this is another one of yours that uh i just didn't really have on my radar at this point 20 to 18 I, I think they're all guys that i had on my list that you uh that you did not yeah and i, I, I i'm gonna maybe run you down a little bit on number 18 when we get to them oh yeah all right well i i have a uh i've got my rationale for it do you want to talk about harrington though no not really no all right friend i'll <laughs> i'll stick with it all right so so 19 we have thomas harrington so uh you know s- Supplemental round pick this year. A lot of people thought he was an overdraft. I mean, again, I think he's got a pretty decently high floor. Um, I think he has a chance to uh, uh, to to move through the system pretty quickly. Um, you know, for a, a recent draft pick. I mean, again, he. I don't think his ceiling is super super high, but again, he gets uh, he gets lifted by his floor a little bit. Okay. All right, so number 18, you had Hunter Barco. And okay. as always, you have the right to run down any of my picks at any time. Uh, sure, sure. And I'm just, I got to say, this guy feels like he's a ticking time bomb with sure. his arm. Um, and it's just it's just not a guy that, that I see much success in his future for, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I always shy. I mean, you know, I did the piece back in the day on T-Pop with uh, just, you know, Tommy John and how it works and, you know, and, and, and how guys recover and, and, and how it doesn't always go great for them, you know, down the road. And that second Tommy John, for most guys, it's a career ender. Um, that being said, I mean, he's a, a, a solid lefty um, who uh, has a pretty live arm. Uh, I mean, again, he's... He was pretty advanced. He was also a guy that um, was looking like a higher draft pick until he had his Tommy John surgery. Um, but once he's back, I mean, I think he has a chance to move quickly. Um, I- I'm hoping that he can stay as a rotation candidate. But um, I mean, if he ends up in the bullpen, it's I'm sure not going to be the end of the world. Uh, he's obviously because of his timetable for recovery from the injury. He is, I'd, I'd put his ETA at around 20, 26, um, you know, but I would imagine they're going to try to get him up here as fast as they possibly can, as fast as he'll allow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but no, I, I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's, he might end up being, he, he could be a total bust, but he could end up being value in the second round too. Okay. So we get to the first, first one that I had uh, on my list and, and you did not, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, this is Carmen Mladzinski. He was a comp pick from a couple years ago in 20, 2020, actually. And I will admit that maybe I'm hanging on here just a little bit too much. Um, but I still see uh, a number four type starter out of him. He did not have the greatest surface stats year uh, in double A. Uh, he did take the ball for starts 22 times, got 105 innings in. Um, I look at his 111 strikeouts and 105 innings pitched. I see a moderately successful uh, walk rate on him there as well um, of 8.7% on his walk rate. So, you know, that's something that is good, not great. Uh, and I think even if he loses his number four, we might be looking at a guy who they could potentially uh, juice up into a seventh or eighth inning setup man type role. Um, do you have any personal thoughts on on Malad? Yeah, I, I mean, I I agree with you. Um, I, I'm 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 gotten to a point now where I'm I, I've almost given up on him as a starting pitcher, which is a huge part of why I didn't necessarily put him on my side. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you though. I think he could very easily be, um, a, you know, a, a back end, you know, some kind of a, 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 a reasonable bullpen piece. I don't think, I don't think that's crazy. All right. So number 16, um, you and I both kind of slotted him around the same area. I think I was 16, you were 18, um, which is odd because I think you're probably overall higher on Matt Gorski than I am. Uh, so I'm going to let you kind of kind of speak on him a little bit. Yeah, I, I, he's just a good bat. I mean, he's a guy that can hit. He's sit fairly well. He's a higher draft pick, so he's got some pedigree here too. Um, you know, I, I I think that he's uh, he's got a shot at being a, a corner outfielder in the uh, in, in the majors. I don't know uh, how good he'll actually be, um, or if he'll be better than what they have on on balance but um you know again I, I had him i had him 18 we have him composite 16 likely because you know we both at least agreed that he was in the back end of the top 20 so um but yeah i mean i you know he's he just seems like a you know had a nice little breakout here this year so um good power numbers really uh the you know the strikeout rate is a little higher than i'd like to see but you know he's uh I think he's got a shot. I think he has a shot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, next up at 15, we had Cody Bolton. Uh, this is a guy that I was irrationally high on uh, quite a few years ago, and then he really struggled through some injury issues, and, of course, the pandemic de derailed him as well. Um, but he came back this year, uh, only had – 75 innings. Uh, he did start 14 times, but he had 30 appearances overall. Um, he had a, a good K rate and good surface numbers of a 309 uh, ERA. Um, so he's a guy that I see the Pirates 
kind of putting in a queue this year to come up, whether that's through spot start um, or maybe even to get a, a spot in the bullpen at some point. Um, at one point, uh, many moons ago, I believe I was on 93.7 The Fan, and I said he was the best pitching prospect in the system. Now, this was obviously pre-Quinn Priester days, um, and some of the other prospects had thinned out. And I was, uh, like I said, irrationally high on him. But you got to remember where he was in uh, 2017 and 2018. He was really looking like something then. Um, but I still think, still holding out hope for him a little bit, and I think you're going to see him up in Pittsburgh this year. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I would have, I, I would have ranked him. <laughs> I just kind of forgot about him. Yeah. So he, but that I think it's a microcosm of where he's at at this point. Is he's just kind of that forgotten prospect, but he still might be a a pretty good player in the end. All right. So number fourteen. Uh, this is a guy that I think a lot of people, not just me, not just you, um, we compositely put him at number fourteen. It's Lonnie White, and this is a guy that just can't stay healthy right now. But yeah. there's so much upside. But at some point, you got to turn that into something. No, I agree with you on that 100%. This guy, is, he's, he's all tools, all potential at this point. Super athlete. I mean, committed to play football at Penn State. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see him turn up on the field. I think the plan was for him to at least get to full season at some point. But he just didn't stay healthy long enough to, to actually get there. It's a shame. It's a shame. He's lost a, a whole year and a half of development at this point from injuries. Um, and hopefully next year is next year. He fares better. All right. So at unlucky 13 is a guy that low key probably had the most disappointing year of a Pirates prospect in terms of relative to where people were on him the year before. Uh, and that's Jared Jones. There were, there were a lot of people really uh, hyped up on him in 2021, and for good reason. He just seemed to be on a, a, a vengeance spree of just striking everybody out at, at the plate. But this year, it seemed like his stuff backed up a little bit on him. Um, I got a couple of reports about his spin rate being down on some of his uh, secondary pitches, especially his slider. Uh, and he just, he looks to me like a guy that's going to be a lot of arm and not a lot of finesse, uh, in terms of knowing where that ball is going. And to me personally, I, I don't see that elite upside starter that a lot of people were forecasting for him in 2021. Um, I see a guy that might have to be reverted into a power reliever, which of course has its own value, but uh, I think there's a little bit too much hype about him, even still. Yeah, he was one of those guys where you'd be watching a start and he'd be cruising in the fourth inning. Um, you know, just just following the start on minorleaguebaseball.com. Um, I feel like that was a plug. That wasn't a plug, guys. I hope you guys all know that website already. I, you know, he'd be cruising along and then all of a sudden he'd just tank. He'd just have an inning of just where he just completely tanks and just, you know, loses it. Um, you know, uh, four shutout innings and then, you know, and then two home runs in the fifth, you know. But 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I can't really, I can't argue against your rundown. The one nice thing is, is he is very, very young for the level that he was pitching at last year. You know, I mean, he's two years younger than, you know, you want to see people at, um, uh, at, at high a, uh, also not a great, you know, pitching environment in that ballpark, but, um, you know, he's got to, uh, you know, he's going to take some steps forward this year for sure for, for me to keep him at the level that I have him currently at. Do you think they're going to repeat him? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think he was that bad. Um, you know, the XFIP was at least, you know, really solid. Um, I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of the issue for him was, um, I mean, he, he just seemed to get a little unlucky on, on home runs. And I mean, at the same time though, that's, uh, home run hitters ballpark. So I, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it'll get repeated. I mean, the, the K rates was still, you know, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the walks did improve. Um, although they're still not great, but, um, he took steps forward in certain areas, but I mean the, you know, the traditional numbers didn't look great. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's for sure. There, he so. also in 122 innings, he hit 10 dudes, had 11 wild pitches, and a balk. Now, unless he was pitching against Henry Davis for a lot of those 122 innings, that's a lot of hit by pitches, and that that's a lot of wild pitches. But, yeah. Oh, no question. No question. So, all right. Who do we have at number 12 here? Uh, looks like we have. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I will editorialize here. This is probably the sure. most uninspiring prospect. On this list, at least for me, and yet you and I both had him ranked at number 11, and his aggregate came out that he was at number 12. But I just cannot get really excited about Malcolm Nunez. I, I totally get that. I mean, um, the good news with him is, again, he's he's hitting pretty well at a younger age than he ought to be um, in, in, in AA. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not real... I'm not real thrilled about him. This is this is what the transition at first base looks like. It's heading towards, um, and you know, my, like I said, I, I'm hoping, very much hoping that I'm wrong, uh, and this guy ends up being a lot better than uh, that I think he is. And, and there are, there's definitely some power numbers there. I mean, for sure, um, you know, and, and he does seem to be able to hit. You know, I, I mean, we could be, I mean, I could be totally off base on this guy, and and he could actually be pretty decent. But I'm just not excited either. All right, so at number 11, this is the, these next two were, were divisive between you and I because we, we ranked both of these guys in opposite directions. So at number 11, we had Nick Gonzalez. Now, I was low on him at 15, and you are still carrying the Nick Gonzalez torch at number five. I'm going to say my piece. It's hard for me to get excited about second basemen in general, um, but especially ones that have K-rate issues, and it appears as if he has a fastball problem. Uh, I could be wrong about that. But to me, it just doesn't really portend a lot of success. You know, for a guy that was supposed to have an advanced bat, um, I'm not seeing it just yet. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd like to see him a little further along, and I'd like to see him dominating, given that he was the number seven overall pick. But, um, you know, I, I think what we saw from him after his return from injury 
through the um, you know through the uh, the Arizona Fall League. He was very good there as well. Um, I mean, nothing nothing super exciting from him, but uh, you know he had a nice start in the uh, in the Fall League, but then he kind of tapered off a little bit. But um, but I mean, I, I still see the potential. I mean, I think um, he still is going to be able to play middle infield. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, I think he's going to give, um, uh, Rodolfo Castro a run for his money at second base, you know, at some point this season. Um, no, I mean, I don't know. I think he, I think I, I, I'm not going to get scared off by the first half of the season because like I said, he did get it together at the second half. If he was, I would be where you are on him if he stayed down the entire year. Like if he didn't get hurt and stayed and, and did you just played poorly, um, you know, the entire season, you know, yeah, 15, you know, somewhere in that neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen, I've seen Travis Swaggerty already, you know, I, I know how that, I, I know how that falls off pretty fast, but I'm not quite ready to give up on him yet. I think he's still going to be a pretty good player. Swaggerty is interesting because neither you nor I ranked him in either of our top 20s. And uh, I didn't even give him a thought. You know, I neither did Ben Sherrington. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> like he clearly doesn't rank. He yeah. doesn't rank. Yeah, you are correct about that. All right. So I alluded to that you and I were. Now this is my turn to be perhaps irrationally excited about a guy, and you be down on him a little bit. Um, and that's our number ten. And this is probably going to be our last one that we're going to talk about this week. Um, because you and I always do things eccentrically, we'll save the top nine prospects for next week instead of the top ten Sounds like right. normal people would. So Sounds right. At number ten uh, is G1 Bay, and I have him at number six on my list, and you had him at 14, so it's kind of like an inverse of the Nick Gonzalez that we just talked about. Um, I've alluded to him, either our first or second episode, that... I'd like to see him maybe get a look in center uh, purely for his athleticism and his ability to get on base and potentially be a leadoff guy. And that could also solve the problem of Brian Reynolds' uh, somewhat decaying defense in center field, maybe move him back to left. Um, but I, I like what I see. I like what I saw from him at AAA. I liked his very short audition at, in Pittsburgh. And he's a guy that I want to see more of, uh, especially potentially in center field. Yeah, I just put him low because it's just to be a contrarian. It's really what it comes down to. Just want to be a pain in the ass. So I thought it would make for a better uh, podcast. I'm not sure if it did. No, I'm just kidding, of course. I, I like I said, I don't, I, I don't see a ton of upside. I just, I don't think he's going to be a starter long term. I think his lack of power. Um, is going to be a drain on him. I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, a nice speedy guy that gets on base, you know, uh, either the leadoff or the nine hole at this point um, would be, um, either one would be, uh, you know, excellent. Um, but that being said, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little, um, being a little conservative on him, but I just, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily see him as a full-time starter. I hope I'm wrong. Again, I hope I'm very wrong. But, um, yeah, not there just yet. As you were saying, yeah, I think let's, let's, let's leave it at a weird point and let's, let's, let's leave them wanting more. 
Mm. What do you think? Yes, I agree with you. Uh, I you know, have... though, I, it, it, in all fairness, though, the um, the last that those picks like nine to twenty are always the most interesting picks in a uh, in a system ranking, anyway, because there's usually usually the top folks. There's solid consensus across the board. But you get into some, especially in a deep system like the Pirates have right now, um, you get into some weird stuff once you get outside of the, uh, you know, the, the 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 generally accepted, you know, top seven or eight, eight or even nine, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, there's there's definitely some guys that could pop, and there's definitely some guys that I think each of you were just each of us were just holding a holding a torch for still. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. That's always the fun part. All right. Uh, We're going to sign off for this week. And Steve, as always, good talking with you. And I hope hope everybody uh, enjoys this podcast as they're either driving into work or uh, taking an extended bathroom break at work. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye.